This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So welcome to New Church Live. Again, a big good morning. Good morning. Great to have you folks here. Please be seated. We got a great service ahead for you today, and, and we're looking at the concept of faith, and faith is, is kind of fun, and, and I, you know, I, I just, I find it this really interesting topic, and I hope those of you watching here and online, you know, really can find a, find a message in this that's of value to you, and I just need to say a little aside, um, and this deals with all our online viewers. I'm so glad you folks are, are, you know, really good with technology. I'm horrible at it. How many of us have ever been bothered by a new phone trying to figure that out? And, and I was uh, riding down into the city yesterday on a train. And all of a sudden, I hear that the NBA playoffs, uh, just somebody's playing them really loud. And I'm getting increasingly annoyed. You know, 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. And then I realized it was my phone doing it. So, so, how does that that experience? So, so just so you know, if you're a first time attender, I'm not Pastor Perfect. Just so you know, and you can ask the congregation an amen about that. So, again, great to have you here. Great to have this conversation around faith. And what we've been looking at is we've been looking at this journey of different, a journey of faith. We've been looking at at one of the disciples, and then I'm going to go through these in just a second here. One of the disciples, and his name was Peter. Now, there were 12 disciples, 12 people who kind of were the core team that followed Christ through his three-year ministry on this earth. So you think of these as kind of his boys. And they're like you and me. You know, their lives were no different. Sometimes they got it. Sometimes they didn't. Most of the time, they didn't. And I think a lot of us get that. Like, these are very human people. We can really see ourselves in their story, especially in Peter, because he does these wonderful things. And he does these other things like, dude, you don't got a clue. And, and he doesn't. And then all of a sudden you'll see in the next chapter, he gets a clue again. And it's, it's a beautiful part. And in New Church, we believe his journey is our journey of faith. So we can trace it, not as some like perfect line, some ultra neat uh, architectural pattern, some wonderful game of Jenga that's known as foreshadowing. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like that. It's much more living and breathing in and out, light and dark. So we've been looking at these different parts. Last week, we looked at the magic and, and how faith can start with these one little, these kind of blips of these magical moments. And it was really fascinating. I had so many of you shoot me text messages from all over the place, and as well as tell me some wonderful stories about finding this particular Father's Day card or, or, or listening to this particular song or hearing this particular bird even or seeing a particular bird and how it was just this magic moment for you. And that magic moment comes and it goes, but it, but it leaves an imprint on our faith. We get a chance to just, just experience God in a, in a very new and powerful way. And those moments leave. And, and, you know, one of the misnomers can be, I think, is if we think that faith is always a magic moment. Do you have any relationship that has always been magical? I don't think so. I realize probably somebody right now is going, oh, but my grandkids, I guarantee they've driven you crazy at least once. 
You know, it's, it's, it, there isn't anything that's, that, that just stays in that magic. It's, it's coming and going. It's ebb and flowing. It's, it's these contrasting opposites. It, it, it's, it's winter and then spring and then summer and then fall. It's seasonal. We have to learn how to deal with those seasons and we have to learn how to understand. I'm going to have you say the S word there. We have to start to understand with faith. We have to understand the, the sacrifice, that there is a sacrifice to it. There is a giving up of something. And we're going to talk about what that giving up is today and, and how that looks. We're going to get some input from you folks as well on that. Now, to, to get at this, I want to look at, at one of the more bizarre stories in the Bible. Now, this is really bizarre. Could you ask me how bizarre really loud? I'm going to tell you how bizarre. This is a super bizarre story. And, and the Bible has these really bizarre stories to it. It's, it's not, you know, we shouldn't have to read the Bible like it's some recipe. It's not. It's like human nature. It's, it's in, it's out, it's back and forth. It has these stories that leave you scratching your head a little bit. But then when you start to stick with them and follow through them, even the bizarre ones start to make some sense and start to offer something to us into our lives. Now, this bizarre story, I want to kind of set it up for you. This is how this story goes. The story, when you look at it in this part of the Bible, it starts where Jesus feeds 5,000 people. They only had X amount of bread and, and X amount of fish, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus just blessed these, and they just kept on multiplying more and more, so everybody was fed. What looked like they would never be able to feed anybody, all of a sudden, everybody gets fed. Beautiful spiritual imagery in that, right? And then comes another story, and it's where Jesus, I know not all of you are, you know, know a lot about the Bible, probably a lot of you have heard this before, where Jesus walks on the water. He walks on the water. You may not be aware of that story, but it's a story where there's a storm, he walks on the water. So, so that's where it's kind of building to. So you have this thing where, where he's done this amazing trick. He's fed 5,000 people. That's amazing. And then he walks on water. You don't see that every day. You don't see that every day. And then this happens. The flow of this is, if you go out there and you feed 5,000 people miraculously, and you walk on water, you're going to become a little popular. (laughs) People are going to start to follow you. Many people do start to follow him. And then he offers this part, and this is from, if you're watching or listening along at home, this is from John chapter 6. And this is again where the story gets a little bit bizarre. There's all these people around him and he starts talking. He says, it's written in the prophets. They will all be taught by God. That's the new covenant. They'll all be taught directly by God. Everyone who listens to the Father learns from him, comes to me. Now that word father there, by the way, you've heard me say this before. The word father there is not like father. It's actually the word daddy. That's big. So it's much more of a person. Whatever you called your dad in an endearing way, that's what this word Abba actually means. It's it's sort of daddy or pops. Uh, And learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has has everlasting life. And that word believes there also has a connotation of love. It's same root as beloved, to to believe is to, to be loved and to be beloved. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, which we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Yet they died. But here's the bread that comes from heaven, 
which a man may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So here it's, here it's talking about kind of a, a God coming down and, and God's experience. And it's the same phrase we've used. Yeah, yeah, I saw him. I saw him in the flesh and blood. He was right there in the flesh and blood. And, and again, we can have these wonderful conversations with Skype or FaceTime or distance. And here's an immediacy coming right to it, like in the flesh and blood. That's what he's kind of driving at. Like, like you get a chance to see what God looks like in the flesh and blood, that Christ is our best understanding in a physical form of God, a divine human. And, and even if you shy away from, I, I know lots of people are struggling, well, was he, was he really divine or just a good guy to follow? Well, take it either way. I, I, I don't know whether, you know, that's not a game changer for me. For me, obviously, I believe this is a divine human, but just open your heart a bit to, to looking at the lifestyle and in and, and, and the very cause that he's promoting, the perspective he's promoting, including the perspective on faith, a wildly different way of viewing the world. And just live into that for a second. Live into that lifestyle that he clearly asks us to follow for a second. And what I know is this. You're going to find miracles. You're going to find miracles. Allow that presence to be a flesh and blood presence in your life, and your life will be transformed. And it's not like hocus pocus. It's not like all of a sudden. It's, it's this strange warming that starts to happen in our heart. It's this reaching out. It's this finding other people. It's this learning how to really serve, really work with others. It, it can enliven so many parts of our lives. That's what this is driving at. Where the story gets a little bit bizarre is this. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Is that bizarre or what? That's a little bizarre. If somebody told me that, I would think weird. It doesn't quite fit. And you can imagine if you're taking that really literally, you know, you just couldn't sit with it. I'm going to give you one guess. I was going to say three. I'm only going to give you one. Feeding of the 5,000, walking on water, eat my flesh, drink my blood. What happens to the crowd, folks? Take a guess. <laughs> they go. Like, out of here. We're done. We're out. So all of a sudden, there's this, this, this pushing away and this leaving. Again, I think that can be part of faith. That's part of a lot of our journeys here. This leaving takes place, and this huge crowd, adoring crowd, becomes this. Becomes very much a, a, a game that's very lonely. And then we see one of the most tender lines in the Bible. And this is one, like, I want you to sort of open your heart in a very tender way to this. And that's this passage. Christ says, after this, a lot of his disciples left. Many of those who were following him. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. And that's, again, it's understandable, right? That was a bizarre thing to say. Then Jesus gave the 12 their chance. Could we say this together, folks? Do you also want to leave? There is a richness in that. 
There is a palpable vulnerability in that. I mean, you should get a little chills, I hope, just even reading that. There is, again, like God in a very human form, that vulnerability and loneliness that we all know and that I believe actually God shares. God shares that emotion. Christ clearly shared that emotion. That piece of, of do you also want to leave? Because I think it gets us to this, the weakness of faith and the vulnerability of God. I think that's important to understand with faith. That God is not always a superhero. God is not always invulnerable. Though some people kind of build God up that way. I don't think that's it. I I don't see that in the message of Christ. I see it much more about, yeah, what is is true, good, wholesome, life-giving weakness look like? What does vulnerability really look like? And and how do we allow that to shape our lives? Folks, just imagine this this past weekend. Like, probably a lot of you have had graduates this last weekend. Maybe a relative or maybe one of your own children or, or a friend. You know, there's that part of graduation that always feels a little vulnerable. Imagine your, your, your child is graduating from high school. There's this huge celebration, like, great, they made it through high school. But what's also in the back of your mind? <laughs> yeah, a little hope, and they're leaving. Right? They're, they're out the door. This is for the teenagers and young adults in there. You have no idea how vulnerable it is to be a parent. <laughs> You know, I think back to, to a few weeks ago, you know, I called our daughter who lives out in Denver and she's busy, so she hadn't called for a couple of weeks. Now, if your kid doesn't call you for a couple of weeks, do we make up stories about that? Made up huge stories about it. When, when, when she finally called me back, like I saw it, I don't even think it went to a full ring before I answered the phone. And even in answering the phone, I'm trying not to sound like, all right, are you, are you okay? You know, I'm trying, yes, Brooke, how are you? Just trying to be calm like this was just normal stuff. But the reality is that, boy, I felt really vulnerable. Felt really weak. Please listen to this, folks. Weakness and vulnerability is a sign of love. I want to say that again. Weakness and vulnerability is a sign of love. We live in a culture that says weakness and vulnerability is a sign of weakness and vulnerability. (laughs) It's not. It's actually a sign of tremendous love. And and again, like our lives, it ebbs, it flows, it comes, it goes. We're reminded of this. God is always in us. We are not always in God. That Sometimes we're just asleep to that deeper presence, that deeper faith. And I want to talk about, when I come back, about how how that really can look to like come awake to this faith, to really understand the sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice that helps us to come alive. You have beautiful song and that idea of journey and path and walking and, and all of that and how that comes together in incredibly beautiful, beautiful ways. And that's what that journey of faith is. You know, it has ins and outs. It has lightness and dark and, and we experience that and just, I think, this vulnerable piece. Weak, vulnerable, sign of love. Walk with me. That's what he's saying. 
walk with me. It's a very powerful and compelling view of faith. And we see Peter, somebody who gets it and doesn't get it. This is a moment where he actually gets it. He says these words, Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? You have the words, the words of real life, eternal life. Now it's interesting, again, like he doesn't go back and say like, well, look at the miracle you did. You fed 5,000 and dang, that was so cool when you walked on the water. I'm in. He says, you have the words. The words. The person. You. It's an incredibly powerful way to hold it. It's a dedication to the person that we're seeing here that is something so significant with faith. And maybe he was coming to understand this piece as New Church Theology puts it. As we look to God, we recognize all wisdom is from God and that our spirit is with the angels. Love that line. But the wisdom we have, it it comes from God. We get to have it. We get to use it as a gift. We get to spread it out there into the world. And that really at a certain level, there's this beautiful part of us that is with the angels. And yet as we go through faith, there is this sacrifice. There's this this movement, this this change, this shift. And I want to talk about, well, what exactly is that sacrifice then? Like, And what I want to remind you is that sacrifice means to make sacred. So whatever you are willing to sacrifice for is what you are willing to say with your life, yeah, this part is to be made sacred. So I'm willing to sacrifice for it. Now, what is that sacrifice? It is a giving up a certitude because faith that is legalistically certain is fragile. I'll be talking about that in a minute. Faith that is legalistically certain is fragile. It's dropping into a newer, wiser, more merciful, more vulnerable, less intellectually certain faith that tenderly flows through with courage, not bravado, our open hearts. Now, there obviously is a certainty to this new kind of faith. You know, there is, but it's a different kind of certainty. It's it's kind of a, a, a different game. There are mysteries of faith that we're asked to enter into. And we enter into them, and they're still, in a sense, mysteries. We don't always get it. But it beats holding it up just as, as, as faith as a tower of certainty. We're going to talk about Jenga here for a minute. So over to this, this piece here. Now, I think, I think for a lot of us, what we do is we, we build up kind of these intellectual constructs. And Ray, by the way, you almost knocked this over. But he didn't. You know, we keep on building them. We keep on getting these intellectual certitude parts. We keep on building this tower and building this tower. And we carefully construct it. And it has all these different pieces to it. But the problem is, do I have, do I have a brave volunteer who wants to come up for a second? Brave volunteer wants to come up for a second? Is somebody going to be brave? All right. Oh, just one minute. Give Marianne a round of applause here, folks. All right, now, you, 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 you stand over to here. So, so our, our faith kind of like we build it up. And, and, and we learn, we come up with a historical faith. We feel like we've got all the pieces together. Inevitably, what's going to happen? 
A piece is going to fall off. So, Miriam, what I want you to do is I want you to take out that piece right there. I don't get to choose. You don't get to choose. No. No, I'm knocking that piece out for you. There's your faith. <laughs> Give a round of applause again, folks. So, so the tower falls. Now, now, now we can get into that. And, and, and my experience has been is that if our faith is built like that, if I'm talking to somebody who has a faith like that, there's, there's two kind of reactions. One is, don't you dare go near my tower. Don't touch it. So they'll kind of push it away in a closet. There it is. Don't question me on anything. I am certain. When that kind of faith falls, the whole thing falls. Our faith kind of goes in three phases. We have the, 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 de, the construct phase, and then we have the deconstruct phase. And that's where it just gets flattened like this. A lot of people get stuck in that. Because it looks like faith is all gone. And it's not about somehow like, oh, how quickly can I put the pieces back together? It's not about like, dang, Chuck's a pastor. Look at his tower, dude. You know, as if like pastors have, have, have it all figured out. That's not a good place to put a pastor. Please don't ever put me there. You know, I'm on the journey with you. I think that's what pastors are supposed to be. You know, there's no one out there who has all the pieces together. It's about saying there's a different way of viewing this. If we're going to reconstruct, out of the deconstruct, we can't play the game of Jenga anymore. We have to have a faith that maybe starts to look a little bit like this. This is at the close of our of a small group program we did called What's Your Story? And look at the words I'd use there, folks. Look at that, right? Newer, wiser, more merciful, more vulnerable. That picture exemplifies all those things. And then it's a, then it's a very different kind of certainty. You know, in New Church Live as a, as a pastor, for those of you who don't know, you know, I've only, I've only been doing this. I've only been ordained for I think, 10 years now and only been doing New Church Live for eight years, which may sound like a long time. I feel like I'm still just a rookie. And, and, and things happen and, and that are really hard. And, and I can't come at them, for me, I can't come at them and fully explain them in ways that make sense. I can't make a tower that makes sense of a lot of the challenges that you folks have faced. A lot of the heartbreak that you've been through. I can't make intellectual sense of it. I can't be certain in that way. But I am certain. Walk with me. God is with you. God is there. I can't figure it all out. Intellectually, I don't understand it. I, I can't somehow make it all okay. But, but because my ways are not God's ways, what I can do is I can surrender my will and my understanding to God as I understand God. And just experience that with place. And then we can start to see a shift, a different way. Not the Jenga model, not the Jenga model, 
but the model of the labyrinth. Now, I'm going to come off the stage, I'm going to come down here, and I need one more volunteer who's willing to walk around the area. Just so you know, you're going to have to do a little walking, all right? So I need one volunteer for that. Should check a high five. Boom. All right. So what we're going to do, we're, I want you looking at this, and you see in the middle of that is this thing called, please say that, in the middle of that is this thing called home. All right. So Christopher, I'm going to meet you up there where Marcus is. Marcus, just raise your hand so he knows where you are. All right. So I love the idea of, of faith as a labyrinth, right? So faith as a labyrinth. Step right here with me, brother. So everybody look on the far left of that. If you're not sure what your left is, just hold this hand up and the one that spells L is your left. All right? So you see, you see, you can only enter it in one place. Now, now trace through your eyes there how that goes, right? You see how this little loop thing, right? And then it starts, and it gets really close to, what was the word, the H word again? It gets really close to, say it again, folks. It gets really close to home. So I'm going to race you down to the home place, all right? Race on, and it feels like we almost get home. We almost get home. The two of us almost get here. <laughs> Isn't that like life, right? Like, like for those of us who've been married, the first 18 months are great, right? We, we like, we're like right home. Like, here it is. This is it. We have that experience of like almost coming home. But that's not how it necessarily works. Now, a few things about the labyrinth here. The difference between a labyrinth and a maze the difference between a labyrinth and a maze is that a maze has dead ends, a labyrinth doesn't. Think about that. No dead ends. But one person said, no traps. He said, there's no traps in this. There's just this way that's walking with. So I'm going to have you walk slowly. You can pat the dog on your way past. All right, now, just stop there for a second, Christopher. Now, as, as we start to walk, it looks like we're actually walking away from home. Like we're actually walking away from faith. Are we walking away from it if you have the labyrinth as a model? No. You're still on the path. Isn't this genius? Dagbone the head stuff down. So we keep on walking, and I can see people over across the way. And then it comes to this point. And you notice how you see the group up there to the, in the top left. They're in different places. So if you look back here to where Christopher and I are, it'll actually look at a certain place, folks, like that we are actually going in different directions. Good to see you, brother. So I'm going this way, and he's going that way. That we're actually in... How many of us have ever thought somebody's going the wrong way? <laughs> you better all raise your hands. <laughs> you know? We're sure they're going the wrong way. But what does the labyrinth say? No. We're all going, say it H again. We're all going home. New church says that whole thing, divine providence. Divine providence. So keep on going and then I'll meet you back at home. So we keep on going along this path. It ebbs, it flows, it's in, it's out. It has challenges, it has blessings, it has breakings. And then I arrive back here and I finally arrive home. Thank you. Give Christopher a round of applause, folks.
I think, you know, the, the genius of this, folks, is this was considered more central to a church, their labyrinth, than their altar and their pulpit. This was considered, and it's why these, these beautiful old churches had them, is this was considered as a way to understand what Christianity was all about, what it really meant. It's a much better model than Jenga. You're actually going to have the opportunity after church today. Gloria Day loaned us their labyrinth. So we're actually going to spread it out out on the yard there. You get a chance to walk it. And I would tell you, just take a minute to walk it, to see the, the miracle of that. The miracle of what it is to come home. Faith is a part of that. And faith, I think, is, is holding that there is this picture. I don't understand it. I don't always get it. But I really do believe that God is with me on it. So one of the most beautiful parts, I think, of, of, of the way and of the labyrinth is that we get to walk it together. I mean, that's what faith is. And it can feel like a sacrifice at times. It can, it can feel challenging. It feels like we have to give something up. But remember what I started with. Anytime we're asked to sacrifice, we're really being asked to make something sacred. And the way, the way, the way is deeply sacred. So thank you for joining us today. Please come back next week as we wrap up this series. And now I'm going to offer a prayer. You have an opportunity to say your own prayer, to have a moment of quiet reflection, or to just simply sit and just think, yeah, what is the way here for me? Where am I on that path? So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you for the joy, Lord, we share. Thank you for the path. Thank you for an understanding of divine providence, a divine providence that is always and forever calling us home. And thank you for your presence on that path, for helping us to understand that weakness and vulnerability actually are a sign of love, a sign of concern, a sign of wonder. And Lord, as we close today's service, let us have a still moment and let us have also a moment of celebration. I'm a believer, Lord. A moment to celebrate the passion and love that you stir in our hearts, the joy of family, the joy of connection, the joy of song, the joy of baptism, the joy of the path. Be with us this week. Allow us to leave this service singing with joy. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.